like that song? everyone welcome to another edition of this week in the bush league hosted by the chief and the champ i'm the chief and uh the phillies got by the cardinals because they showed some plate discipline yeah that's true and i am the champ as only a stage name because on this podcast we're going to have the true champs um on today yeah uh it's been a while since you're the champ ever since i named you that (laughs) well that was yeah that was uh, and i cursed the day that you did that, that was back in, um, what, 2020 when we started yeah. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, the last time I won was 2018. So this five-year, was it four years, five-year run since I've won is the longest since, I don't know, 2000, 2002. And it's, uh, it's honestly, it's grating on me. Yeah, go 27 years and then come to me with your freaking wine. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's talk let's talk about the uh the, the Phillies here and the plate discipline cuz I I know we you know we have a whole bunch of Phillies fans on today and we'll talk in a little bit more detail but um tell me what you mean by the plate discipline Well let let's go to game 1 they're down 2 nothing really haven't got anything going all game and they they come into the ninth and they're getting walks they're getting you know he uh, bombs stuck in there for a hit by pitch they had two seeing eye singles and a, and a sack fly and score six runs. That's plate discipline. You know, yeah, the it, whole it, time we're watching it, like, our, we, someone needs to pop one out. And it, it really never came down to that. It came down to making the guy throw strikes and um, and put the ball in play. And you imagine that. You don't strike out. <laughs> shit, you score runs. So, so um, you know, I'm going to take a different look in, in terms of, you know, the, the Cardinals because they, they obviously didn't hit the ball at, at all. And we'll talk about this later in the show. But plate discipline is not hard when your relief pitcher is throwing the ball to the backstop. You normally aren't swinging at that. Well, have you seen some of the Philly swingers? Schwarber takes a cut a couple of those things. But I, I thought they did a good job. And then, um, I, I, you know, did a good job on Saturday night. And their pitching was just freaking them. Uh, Noel was just amazing. And uh, Yeah. And there it is. You have a newfound respect for him because he was going through third time around. And I know you were um, – Big on yeah. you're saying that he was only a you know two times through the lineup type of pitcher. Yeah, well, and we'll, our first guest will will you know he might be able to chime in, but Goldschmidt looked like he was a he was a rookie. So, um, speaking of our first guest, we got Rick Lake of the Lakers finishing third this year. Um, probably one of the most consistent Bush leaguers with, with, the, with only one championship, unfortunately, but one of the consistent guys in this league who. Shows up in the top five uh, almost every year. Rick, uh, how how you doing this morning? Oh yeah, I'm doing great. Um, like I said, now that the the Bush League has uh, has retired for the season, we can move on to the actual postseason. It's good to see the Phillies yeah. make the playoffs, which I predicted that they wouldn't. I think the last time I was on this podcast, so I have to apologize for that. <laughs> but yeah, it's all it's it's all good when you can sit there and watch uh, baseball into into October. Yeah, and actually watch good baseball. It's it was it was they were two really good games. Um, getting back to your 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 uh, your Bush League team, um, what, what do you think went went right for your team? Like, wh- where did you think um, like I was pretty solid here? Yeah, you know, I went into the draft with a different philosophy this year. Usually I go in every year trying to be um, having a low-cost retention team. And this year I said, let me spend some money for the players I want. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate. I had Goldschmidt and Wheeler. um, Or, you know, I had these guys on day one. So And they performed extremely well. So that was a change of philosophy for me. you know, going going out with, but it made it made the draft a little boring for the first hour or so. But yeah, I think I changed up my philosophy and how I was going to retain the people I want. And fortunately for me, they they produced. Yeah, I mean, you you might have the MVP right in your in your. That's one of the guys you retained, Paul Goldschmidt. Um, what, what do you think uh, went wrong? Like, wh- wh- where did you think like, all right, this is going to be a problem? Well, this was a crazy season. I mean, 
I, I went back and looked at some of the numbers, and by the end of June, the dudes had swapped their six dollars and fifteen of salary for fifteen dollars and sixty cents of salary. So the trades were aggressive, and he did a, a fantastic job where he gave up one $2 player and he came out with four $2 players and one $4 player. So you knew from early on, early on, you had to be extremely aggressive in trying to make deals. And it, you know, it knocked you out of your comfort zone of, you know, thinking, Hey, I'll wait till the trade deadline and start looking at stuff. And man, by, by the end of June, you had to be really knocking on people's doors and trying to improve your team. Yeah, and so and, I think that was that that was one of the factors that um, you know shook you out of your comfort zone, and and another one is I had a lot of players that are in their thirties, and and a lot of relievers that were in their late thirties, and by the end of the season, man, you could just really see those guys running out of steam. Yeah. So I think I need to look at my I need to factor in the age of the players in my draft strategy next year. Yeah. Um... Yeah, there was two things I was going to bring up, and I'll pass it to Jamie. One is uh, you were aggressive in coming to get Juan Soto, um, and he just it, it he just didn't he, he didn't do what you needed him to do at the at the end, Correct. and that was a problem. And I really thought you were going to squeeze one more year out of Nelly Cruz, and and I think those two players r- really would have maybe flipped the script a little bit um, on the offensive side. But um, yeah. It, Nelly was a guy that when you drafted him, everybody thought like, okay, this this guy, maybe you can get one more year out of him. But um, I, I think he may be done. Um, well, and I, I got aggressive with trying to get saves. And I thought for sure with Robertson, with, uh, with Ian Kennedy, I mean, those guys were really locking the door down there for a stretch. And I'm like, I, I literally needed like five saves and that would have given me three more points. <laughs> I and I just couldn't, just couldn't squeeze it out. And yeah. I think I was only – a couple of her runs behind getting two more points. So it was really close yeah. and it was a lot of fun. And I appreciate all the people, you know, it seemed like there was three levels of competition. There was the people fighting for first, there was people fighting for the top half and there's people fighting to stay out of the cellar and they never gave up, which, which always changes the stats every day. So I appreciate everybody giving a hundred percent up until the last, until the last week. Yeah. All right, Jamie, what do you got? Hey Rick, that's uh, that's well said, and I, I just want to echo what what Rod said about um, <clears throat> if you look at, at titles, you know it's been a while since you won uh, one, but if you look over the last five or ten years, you've been probably the most consistent uh, player, and and that's not easy to do. So um, w- your your strategy, like you said, uh, your attention this year was an absolute home run, and uh, just wanted you to talk a little bit about what you see potentially changes for 23 in, in terms of what you might want to t- tweak. Well, I think the first thing is I want to, I'm going to put a, uh, a vote in for the league is that anybody who takes her salary beyond $30 has to like provide the beer for the f- next year's draft or something <laughs> like that. I think, I think Josh is at like $35 and the league settings 30. So he went wait. He's like the Yankees or the Dodgers. Like he should it. be paying a luxury tax. Luxury tax. I love that. Yes. <laughs> and good beer, not but that no, I, light crap. <laughs> you know, it's just like the year before with Bob's team, the Silverhawks. I mean, he had such a powerhouse that it was over quick, it seemed like to me. Like, by August, I was like, okay, let me just try to salvage second place. And um, so, like, every year in this league, it always brings you a different, a, a different turn, and you have to adjust and try to and do the best you can. Um and like I said, it just unfortunately for like Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. So, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm back to the drawing board, and I got to start looking at my retention for next year. And I got some good some good ideas, and we'll see uh, we'll see how that pans out. Um, would it be fair to characterize your managerial style in the Bush League as waiting for the three run homer versus playing small ball? Uh man. Possibly, I've always been a pitching heavy team, and uh, like I've always went after the pitching, and uh, you know, some, it just doesn't seem like that's panning out. I've never spent money on relievers, and maybe I need to start thinking about that. Um, at least grabbing some relievers to keep me in the middle of the pack to get some points. Let, let, let me just um, pr- um, probably put some guardrails uh, with that. Um, you had, tw- I guess, twelve fab moves, and, and normally. 
if, if I can remember correctly, you usually wait for for, for the big um, the, the big Correct. trading deadline. Um, you did pick up Tyler Anderson and AJ Minter earlier in the season, which were great picks. But you had waited until the uh, trading deadline and picked up Jordan Montgomery, and I believe you moved him into. Um, a fab spot, correct? No, I used him down the stretch. I, okay. I basically, all my fab folks had to be thrown into, I mean, I was fighting for my for my life here down the stretch. Yeah, I just trying sure. to get any points from anywhere. So, you know, um, Montgomery's going to be a 25, a 25 cent reten- retention person rather than a fab. But, uh, that's, you know, that's I had what to I meant. It. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. yeah, yeah. No, I had to do it. And you're, my biggest fear, the year before I lost five, Players, I believe, are all in the two dollars. <laughs> I lost them all in the trade to the American yeah. League. So this year, I was in the same. I was a little nervous, so I was holding my money so I could try to make as many moves as possible. And I was kind of fortunate that I didn't lose anybody to the American League. So I made one big purchase for Montgomery. I didn't want. I didn't want Thor um, as much as I wanted Montgomery. So that's the guy I went after. But. You know, the lesson learned this year is I spent all my money on Montgomery. And then down the stretch with a lot of the teams that weren't playoff bound were bringing up a lot of players. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's, there was a lot of people being picked up the last probably, you know, five or six fabs that that made some impact on teams. So probably in the future I should save a little bit of money and I can potentially improve my team the last month. So, so somewhere between you and uh, the Bulls with his 40-something picks. Excellent. Okay. Uh, that's really all I had for you. Um, just another outstanding uh, season by by the Lakers. Um, as as they're doing construction on your house, I just wanted to ask, how's the Bush League beer coming along uh, that you're brewing for us? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's going to be uh, that's going to probably wait till I retire. So we're a couple years away from that. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, we appreciate you keeping us in in mind. Listen, Rick, have a great off-season. Um, hope to see you sometime during the off-season and uh, in, in, enjoy the Phillies playoff run. Yeah, and I just want to say uh, congratulations to Josh and, uh, and to Bob and, you know, and thanks to everyone for, for actively participating off-season. It was probably the, one of the funner years, I think, that, that I've had in the Bush League. Well said. Well said. Rod, anything else? Yeah, that's Rick? it. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All right, guys. Thank see you much. Rick. Okay, uh, he's always a good guest. That, that, yeah, that was a good analysis by him. Yeah, and I, Very love, good. I love that rule. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to go back and listen to that, make sure I, I can uh, completely understand that. But, yeah, yeah, as long as it's not, uh, you know, money coming out of my pocket, no. and if I can, you know, use it to advance me, I, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, Rick's out to save money. Save money for us. That's what we're looking for. All right, um, moving on to the next guest. Bob Kirk, you there? Good morning. Good morning. Where are you at now? Are you in Jersey or are you on the road? I am in Moorestown, New Jersey. Okay. I am home. All right. That's good. Um, yes. I, obviously, you were watching the game last night because you were shooting out those texts. Wait, hey, real quick. What, <laughs> what did – I didn't understand because I, did, I wasn't watching the game. Um, uh, what What did you mean about the umpire rubbing his ears? What, what, what oh, was you that? didn't – well, yeah, if you didn't see it, Raj, um, I guess Buck Showalter <clears throat> accused um, Musgrove of having uh, a substance on his, uh, well, somewhere, okay. under his hat or on his ears or something. And it it was quite the spectacle. You, you have to go back and see it, Raj, because okay. uh, Buck initiated it, and then the, the umpires all come out like they were going to attack Musgrove or something. And and the one literally went up and started rubbing his ears to see <laughs> if there was a substance, you know, that helped obviously the grip and spin okay. rate and all that crap. But it was it was laughable, and I'm glad the Padres stuck it to him. And and I was glad Musgrove had some uh, colorful um, uh, signs that went back to uh, the dugout. Okay. Yeah, he was I'll definitely. Back, so yeah, it was great. I'll, yeah. I'll look that up. All right, uh, it, w- with regard to your team. Um, I, I, I got to tell you, Bob, you, your fab was unbelievable this year. Yeah. I, it um, was, I mean, you talk yeah, about Morrell, weird, right? uh, uh, Birdie, you're talking about Pujols, William Contreras was a fab pick, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, well, here here's the deal, Rod. So I started out, the year was really a bad start, um, and my retention really wasn't working out well. And, I mean, I was at last for, like, the first month of the year or so, and then I knew I needed to take some risks, so I did. And I spent a lot of money yeah. early, and I got lucky, frankly. Um, I wish Michael Harris would be retainable. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, some of these other guys, you know, possibly birdie, probably birdie, but uh, the young guy in Colorado, the shortstop, but um, he didn't really contribute for me this year. And none of these, most of these guys I can't keep, yeah. but they really did contribute to me getting back in it. Um, so, you know, that, that was probably the highlight um, of the year. Really getting lucky, getting lucky and fab. Yeah. Um... And, and, you know, some of it's luck and some of it's, you know, it's it's educated guesses, right? And then you have yeah. to overpay because of where you're at in the standings. But um, And they all seem to perform almost like immediately. They Like, Morel died down a little bit, but he performed pretty quickly for you. And Birdie just went on that crazy tear when uh, uh, Joey Wendell went down. He's, every time he got on base, he, I felt like he stole two bases. <laughs> that guy was going nuts. Um, so with the pool host one, I think pools kicked around a little bit, but w- how fun was it watching him trying to get the 700 while he's on your team thinking, Oh my God, this guy keeps hitting home runs, you know, three or four times a week. Oh yeah. It, it was great. And you're right. He did kick around a couple of times. He was on, on a roster or a couple rosters. And then again, I, I needed at, I forget what month it was, but I think it was late July, maybe early August, but I needed to fill, you know how it is. Yeah. You, you need spot. get some guys. Yep. Yeah. And, and so I pick him up and, and all of a sudden he just starts going on on those tears, you know, on that tear. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and, you know, I'm just, I'm really glad, you know, he said, you know, a couple got the 700, well, past 700. And what, what was the RBI stat? He, uh, he set one of the records with RBIs, but yeah, yeah, it was fun to watch for sure. All right. The only other question I had is, and um, Case and I were talking about this uh, last week. So you spent 380 on Mookie Betts, and he has a pretty decent year. I mean, he has 117 RBIs, you know, 35 homers, but only the 82 ribs. Um, you know, from what we saw Betts in, in the American League and then what he's done, this is probably his best year with the Dodgers. Do you, do you still think he's a like you probably followed him? Do you still think he's close to a four dollar player? Good question. Actually, I traded for Bet. Oh, you did um, okay. In it right before the trade deadline That's right. with Jamie. Yeah, and he he started out right after the trade. He was contributing for me, but man, he went cold in September. And uh, I mean, Josh's team really took off. And and uh, congratulations to uh, Josh. But, um, but man, my team just went cold. The bats especially went really cold in September, including bets. I think I looked it up. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think you only had one or two home runs in the whole month of September. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. To answer your question, um, I, I think there's the, you know, streaky, uh, streaky player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, all right, Jamie, what, what, what do you got? Hey, Bob, congratulations. Um, you know, uh, the last two years, you won last year, um, put on a great fight this year. In fact, early in September, um, you had actually gone ahead. And I love the fact that you sent out a text uh, when you said, uh, turn out the lights, the party is over. I, I love that kind of attitude. Um, I yeah, think you're a little right bit about, modest. Go ahead. That's right about when my bats went cold. but. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I think you're a little bit modest in, in your fab because I believe Roger's right. I, I think you had one of the best fab years. And I, I guess what I wanted to do is get an insight and if you could just kind of briefly discuss the process to your player identification in fab and, and your bidding strategy. Yes. I, I don't know if I really have one. I mean, you know, I, I was um, the young guys. I mean, Michael Harris and, you know, some of the other guys I took risks on. Um, I suppose 
they they paid off. Um, and like I said earlier in the season, I, I knew I had to take some risks. So I probably overpaid for a few of those guys. But um, I had a feeling Harris was going to, uh, you know, play and stick. So, I, and I don't remember what the bid was, but I remember bidding high. Um, so, yeah, um, just really, you know, trying to make up for, for what was a bad retention. I mean, I, I got really bad um, results out of, uh, Avisail Garcia and obviously the Tati situation. I don't even want to talk about that, but, um, you know, so I had to make up for it. Plain and simple. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about the Tati situation because, um, had he come back and not pulled that bonehead move, do you think you, you would have possibly won the league? Because let's, let's be honest. It, your team was strong all the way through. In fact, you won that last, um, period standing, um, you had 81 points. Your team went out strong. It, w- it wasn't the uh, hot house flower, if you will. Um, do you think Tatis would have put you over the top? I do. I mean, if there were enough at bats, I mean, hmm. it, yeah. It, I mean, it, he, he would have had to play for um, you know get a couple hundred at bats to really move the stats. But yeah, definitely could have made a difference. All right. Um, Let's see, what else do I want to talk to you about? Okay, so on the lighter side, um, you have done a really good job. You almost had your own segment on this podcast because we have a, a segment called Text Talk. <laughs> and um, you're always sending out some really good texts. And, and I think it's good fodder because it gets the league started. It you know keeps, keeps people engaged. But uh, I guess one of the questions I wanted to ask you was if somebody was to go first, would it be the MLB umpires or the CBS website? Hmm. That's, that's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a tie. Um, yeah, the, ump, the umps really, uh, um, I don't know. They, they might've edged into the lead last night with that fiasco. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say the umps. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> um, last piece, and we'll get back to the serious side of this. I, I, I just noticed that you've done a really good job at identifying some up and coming stars. And, I think I'm going to use that as my draft research because I tried to get a couple players from you, Ezekiel Tovar, like you said, who didn't play too much. You, you put Estereo Ruiz on your um, roster. Um, you had the, the Dodgers third baseman, who I can't think of um, right now. Um, is it because of the, the, the position that you're in and you have such a strong team that you're able to pick up those players or you're just looking down the road? Looking down the road. Um, I, next year, I feel pretty good. I haven't really thought fully about retention, but I, there's some players in there. I think Vargas will be, um, a player for the Dodgers. There's a couple other guys in there, maybe Vientos for the Mets. Um, that Montero guy, I think he can hit. I don't know if he's, if he's going to get a chance. Um, and, and that pitcher for, uh, the young guy for Cincinnati, uh, uh, the, the, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, there's some options in there, but, um, yeah, I guess, you know, this league is, is a lot about retention, um, and, and value. And if you can get lucky with some, you know, cheaper retention, um, it can really pay off. Well, Bob, uh, another great year by you. It, it, it's hard to win, uh, one year, let alone two years, um, in a, in a row, and um, I, I think you, your team, like you said, you were everybody was ready to bury you early in April. I know there, were, there was a lot of people taking delight in your slow start, but uh, you know you came on, showed the naysayers, and uh, you know keep up the good work, keep up the text too, because I, I love seeing them. They're they're, they're awesome, and uh, good luck to you in the off season, Bob. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it, and and congrats to. Uh, to Josh, he he went and got it, like somebody said, um, and uh, it was it was a fun year. Um, so uh, yeah, looking forward to the the, uh, the the next get together, whenever that will be. So uh, and keep up the good work with the uh, podcast, guys. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Bob. All right, Bob. I'll see you later. I'll talk to you All soon. All right. Thanks. Take care. All right. Yeah. Hey, Jamie. Uh, I I don't think we can overstate the. Um, the fab picks that he had. It's, it just swung everything around. Yeah. 
No, in, in fact, yeah. uh, I'm going to talk um, after we have our next guest on, but uh, I, I kind of have written down some notes uh, about how to have the perfect season, and uh, the Sewer Hawks fab um, would be part of that. But you, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and, and the other thing I was going to mention to him, I forgot, but he's, uh, he really he's, he squeezed out another year of Carlos Carrasco. Uh, 80 cents, 15 wins, 152 Ks, under four ERA. I mean, that's that's pretty good for 80 cents. You know what? Imagine this. Imagine if if, if Bob was actually able to see uh, the, the the roster board on draft day. Um, he may have won this thing going away, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. All right, our last guest is our uh, 2022 champ, uh, Josh. You you still with us? Yay! All right. I'm with I'm with you guys. Good morning. Right. How you doing? So listen, uh, based on your team name, which has that um, picture of Len Dykstra, I feel like the league ought to test you, just in case. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just yeah. In, just yeah, in yeah, case. Yeah, we had a couple of, couple of injections this year, I All guess. Right. So. Or am I misremembering? Like you, you didn't have any injections. All right, so there, there's not much that went wrong. I mean, there's not a lot that goes wrong when you win a league. Pretty, pretty handedly, right? You didn't go to the lounge in the last week. Um, yeah. Uh, let, let's let's talk about some uh, of your draft that you felt like. All right, I I I I did pretty well here. Like walk well, away you know, from the draft table. Well, you know, my my retention class was really good and it was fairly cheap. And uh, mm. I don't know if I. I don't know if it was at the draft or the first time you guys had me on. I kind of said to you that I kind of feel like this year I got to go go get it because I'm losing. I had Machado. I had Soto, uh, both really cheap, and I knew I was losing them this year. Uh, I had Bone, Castellanos. So it's the only one left out of all my retention guys is Machado. But um, that kind of gave me a little bit of flexibility in the draft, especially offensively. Um. I've never, in all the years I've been in so far, had good pitching. So, kind of made it a point to try. And uh, I spent like four and a quarter on Scherzer. And uh, even though he was hurt a little bit here and there, I mean, it was definitely worth it. <clears throat> and then uh, I kind of built more, I guess, depth than quality, quantity over quality. I remember uh, talking about that on my first time going uh, going around with you guys, too. Uh, the Stephen Maxes and such that I had. Stroman didn't work out for the first half of the year. So, uh, yeah, I tried to address that, really. Yeah, all right. I, I get that. And then um, um, the the re, the retention, when when you, you know, you're walking in with Machado and Soto, just, just those two. Uh, mm-hmm. When did you start getting nervous about Soto? Like, this, this could be one of those years. Really early. Well, if you, um, it's kind of funny because, again, my, my pitching sucked, except for Scherzer to start. So uh, I remember listening to you guys in the one podcast talking about, you know, for two or three of the podcasts that I, I'm going to probably need to address my pitching. And in my head, the thought was, oh, Soto's not playing well. I'm not going to have him next year. I got a pretty decent offense. Maybe I can use him. And, uh, and you guys were talking about, uh, Bob Kirk being being in last or down the bottom to start. He's actually the first guy I contacted for pitching, but uh, and Rick was actually the second before I before I went to Bob. So, okay. um, yeah, I kind of didn't think he was going to. Even if he rebounded, I thought I had enough offense that if I can get pitching, I'd be okay without him. Yeah. All right. And then the other thing I was going to bring up too, we talked about Bob Kirk uh, having an awesome fab year. I I think uh, the the guys you hit. Uh, I think you hit pretty well, specifically Brandon Drury. Yeah, and you got him for yeah, a that, long time. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, I mean, again, I, I was not expecting him to hit, whatever, 28 home runs or yeah. or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, he was playing for Cincinnati, and they, you, you knew they weren't going to be very good. And he kind of plays all over the place. You figured he'd get some time. So, I mean, it was definitely lucky hitting on that. I got lucky with Tanner Scott um, okay. for a while. Yep. I mean, he kept going a while. And that was another thing. Like my, I mean, Kimbrell was a, you know, he, he racked me up some saves early. So the, the trade with uh, Tom actually helped me out too, getting Jansen. Not that, I mean, 
he ran away with the saves category by mid-April, but, uh, you know, it gave me the nine, nine points to get in second there. Yeah, and then lastly, you, you picked up Joey Gallo at the uh, baseball trade deadline when he came over to the Dodgers. I didn't, I didn't really follow him. Did he do anything for you? Nah, not really. We need a couple home runs. Okay. Basically, it's his career, strikeout, home run. He's, a, here and there. he's like a it. poor I mean, version of Bellinger. He's like a yeah. worse Bellinger. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine having them starting in your uh, <laughs> in your starting nine. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's that's when you bring up if if uh, if we ever got to the championship series, we played the Dodgers. If they're both in the lineup, you you call Jamie Moyer and say, "Hey, man, just oh, yeah. come pitch to these two guys. They'll swing at anything." Yeah, just roll well, that curveball up there. <laughs> Yeah, well, what's the over/under and strikeouts in that game for them two? Six, <laughs> six and a half, or I mean, oh, brother. All right, Jamie, what do you got? Well, Josh, congratulations for entering the Bush League Champions Club. You know, flags fly forever, and I, I think you've done it in the most unique of of ways. Um, you know, they say that fortune favors the brave. Um, you you made five trades over the course of the year. Um, moving 28 players back and forth. Um, as, as Tom had mentioned in the text, you just went out and, and, and got it. And I, I guess Raj asked some questions already, but do you think you may have changed uh, the face of how the Bush League plays this game? Because people used to sit back and not make trades. You made your first trade on June 6th. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Because uh, about changing it, I mean, you guys have all been in it very long and obviously have all won before I kind of knew, like I said, pitching wise, I needed to, to beef that up. And I like being aggressive. I enjoy the trade talk. I mean, I think over the years, uh, especially like me and Roger have made several deals. I, I enjoy the back and forth, but I'm just, uh, I'm not real patient either. So I try and push the deal and I always kind of have a, it's weird. Like my trade strategy is always like a two for two for deal. Like I like doing, a trade, but I always have, I almost like doing two at once. Like I'll do one trade and I try and do a second trade right away, almost to recoup what I lost. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, the only thing that like made it difficult and obviously, uh, I did not read the 400 page Bible handbook, I guess. Or rule book, <laughs> uh, I was not, I was not necessarily aware of the, if I trade two for one, I, I don't get that one extra I traded back. So, um, down the last, I think the last trade was July 30th or whatever, but uh, that made the last couple months especially a little, a little difficult because I only had six spots to uh, to fill in with, six reserve spots. <laughs> right, right. Nice. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely true. Um, where did I want to go with this? Um, how did you feel uh, as as the, the title was approaching Wednesday night? Did you feel – a sense of celebration or a sense of relief? How, how, did, how did that all come down? A little bit both. Like, I mean, I was texting you over the last couple of weeks, like, uh, like randomly on Wednesdays normally. Um, but, uh, you, you know, like towards the, I guess it was early September or whatever, I remember Bob sending that, that, uh, that Dandy Don text message when he passed me. <laughs> it kind of pissed me off. <laughs> because of, <laughs> damn it, I did all this shit, all these trades, and now I'm going to lose this thing down the last month or whatever. And, uh, but, um, yeah, it, it was a little bit of both. It was, you know, I was obviously relieved because, I mean, I, that last two weeks, I kind of built up. I think I was up by like nine or ten at one point. And yeah. then uh, it kind of swung back down to like three or four, and then it was a little back and forth. But over the last two weeks, I kind of started thinking it's going to be really, really tough to get for someone to pass me at that point. So, I mean, kind of was confident over the last couple of weeks that it was – yeah, mine to kind of just take as long as everybody played. And I got lucky with that a little bit too. Like I kind of, I mean, I had some injury stuff throughout the year, but I, for the most part, always had somebody I could plug in that was at least playing. So, I mean, I got a lot of at-bats, I mean, this year too, so. Um, I, I know you play in at least two fantasy baseball leagues. Um, and were you more Bush League focused this year? Because I, I saw your moves. You, you finished, obviously, top half. I think you finished fifth or sixth, fifth or sixth in the Rep League. But you didn't make many moves in, yeah. in the Rep League versus, versus Bush League. And I just wanted to know how much time you spent looking at Bush League because, obviously, you, you got off to 
a, a good start, not a great start, but then you started to come on uh, after you made those trades. A hundred percent. I mean, the, the Republic League, it, I, I got a lot of other things uh, going on more so this, this year, the, uh, outside of the fantasy fantasy world. So okay. it was a little tougher for me to keep up with that day-to-day. Um, yeah, and somehow, I mean, I finished, whatever, fifth or sixth. And so it's, it's funny, yesterday I got a... Ten bucks Venmo to me from uh, from Bob Friedman. I'm like, oh, I must have a virus or something. What's going on here? And it's, uh, I got to text him because I uh, apparently don't know the rules of that league either. So uh, <laughs> I asked him like, oh, I got ten bucks uh, sent to me from your wife. What, uh, what's the deal here? And, uh, you want two, you want two categories? I'm like, ah, great, like you know, easy money investing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, I was definitely more focused on the Bush League than the Republic League. I just the day-to-day thing got a little tougher for me this year. Sure, sure. All right, so so my last question is, uh, what was the celebratory drink that you had on Wednesday night when you uh, officially won the league? Sudafed. Uh, I went to sleep. No, it was, uh, <laughs> it was my, um, I don't know if it was celebratory or just a continuation of my uh, <laughs> whatever drink it was. Uh, probably my very high-end uh, whatever daily bourbon of, Evan Williams, twenty eight well, ninety nine a bottle. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's pro- probably that. No, no Bush Pounders. I can't find any of them in my fridge. So. <laughs> well, the next time I see you, I'm going to make sure we, we have a celebratory drink together. Fantastic year um, by you in the Bush League. And, again, flags fly forever. So congratulations on your 2022 championship um, run, um, Josh. Um, Rush. Raj, anything else that you had for for Josh? No, congratulations again, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at the championship party. I appreciate that, guys, and uh, congrats again to Bob and and Rick. Uh, they made it fun and nerve wracking and <laughs> painful towards the end. So uh, it was an awesome ending, though. It was fun. I mean, so I well done. It, All right, buddy. Well done. Nate. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you. Yeah, thanks. Okay, that was good. Yeah, those guys did really well. And I just have a, you know, real quick note in, in terms of if you want to perfect, have like the perfect season. You ready for this? Right. You have the Lakers retention. You have the Sewer Hawks fab. And you have the dudes trades. You do that. This league's easy. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just three yeah. things. And, and, and basically I struck out on all three. So there you go. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to baseball. H- how the hell did the Cardinals lose that series? Oh, it's very easy. Okay. I, 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 if, if you remember our last podcast, I told you I was really nervous. Yep. But I, I didn't get into the reasons that I said that I, I, I meant that I was nervous. And if anybody were to ask me, what's the keys to the Cardinals winning? What's the keys to the season? I was going to say Goldschmidt and Arenado because yep. they have to hit. In, in, in this playoff series. And if they don't hit, Cardinals aren't going anywhere. And I'll be gosh darn if that's not exactly what happened because they went in to the, to the season. The offense wasn't really that great in the last two weeks, and it made me really nervous with, with Philly's pitching. And I was not a bit surprised by, by the ending. I mean, think about it. They scored, what, three runs? Yep. The, the whole series, two of them were on a, a pinch hit home run by Yepes. Yeah, yep, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that was I. I told you this too. The only way that they were going to Phillies are going to win this is if Nolan Wheeler beat the Cardinals, and they did. They, they, you know, and then the plate, you know, that ninth inning with the Phillies, all of a sudden they're like taking pitches. Um, yeah, I, I thought that it was a good series. They, I, I didn't. Wa- I watched a little bit of the Guardians. Um, you know, I was watching Major League the MLB channel, and they were talking about how great a game that was. There was 39 strikeouts. That was that was not a great game. Just because um, it's I, long I, and it's a shutout, it does it 39 strikeouts between the two teams. Uh, okay, so let's let's. You want to talk about the Guardians series for a yeah, second we here? Can. Yeah. Um, so I have a friend that's in in uh, a Guardians fan, and at the 14th inning, I. I texted him. I said, maybe Major League Baseball needs to start this series with a runner on third base and a full count or something like that. It was, 
it was getting to the point that it was ridiculous. But a lot of a lot of offenses went silent. Not as much as the uh, uh, the Rays did, but um, we, we and we talked about this in the last podcast how how the uh, the, the Guardians done a really good job developing pitching. Yeah. And, and when I, when I went back and listened to last week's podcast, I was talking about uh, their weak offense, the Guardians' weak offense, and talked about Straw and Quan in the outfield. I didn't know who their other outfielder was, and uh, he showed up in the 15th inning, Oscar Gonzalez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I, and I felt – I was watching the game, and I felt like this game's going to end on a home – like someone's going to hit a home run because no one's put they, – they can't string two base runners back-to-back. So, yeah. I, I, I got to be honest with you, for elimination games, uh, with, with, with the Cardinals, the Mets, and the Rays, they probably could have gone – 20 innings, they probably wouldn't have scored. That's how bad those offenses were. Well, and it's also credit to both the pitching staffs, uh, all those pitching staffs, but is it pitching? Uh, Obviously, pitching wins these kind of series, but do you think the offensive approaches just went bad for those teams? I I think that's the offensive approach of most teams. They freaking try to win it, you know, with one swing. Mm. Although I, I mean, I guess at some level there's good pitching, but I struggle a little bit with, um, you know, 39 strikeouts. I mean, that's ridiculous. So let's let's jump to the other series really quick because you know we we had three of the series ending on just abominable um, offensive performances. Then on the other hand, you have the Mariners who were down eight eight one coming back and winning. Did, did you watch any of that game? I didn't because they were on like weird times and I just wasn't able to. And, uh, gotcha. Uh, they're playing the Yankees, right? No. No, they play no, the they're going to be playing the Astros. Okay, so they're going to deal with some decent pitching and another team that can hit. But I, I'd be a little concerned about the Mariners because it seems like their bats woke up a little bit. Um, and then and then the uh, – what, what was the oh, – the Mets, the Mets-Padres – and, and and I have that as a note. Um, you think the Padres are starting to wake up a little? Well, who who called that? Because you questioned me on that when I said that I thought the Padres were going to beat the Mets. Yeah. And I well, well, first of all, there's always the Mets curse, so that makes it a little little bit easier. Um, I, I think this helps them, but you know, um, the Dodgers are the Padres. <laughs> this is going to be yeah. funny, right? This is an oxymoron. The Padre, the the Dodgers are the Padres' um, daddy. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. If that yeah. makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. Yeah. What, did they? I'm sure they won a couple games, but not not many against the. I, I I think I think the stat is is that the Padres went four and fifteen against the Dodgers this year. Oh my gosh, that's bad. Um, and then with. The, but I wouldn't be. Yeah. In answer to your question, though, I wouldn't be surprised. To see that series go all five games? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like they need a – I saw Snell p- pitch a little bit. I saw him – so I saw some of that game, some of that series. And the, the Padres really need him to pitch well if, yes. if they're going to get past here. I mean, they have two other good starters, but they need Snell. They need him. Yeah. They need him to throw strikes. I think he had six walks. I think he had six walks the, his last outing. So, yeah, they. Well, they, and we've we've talked about that as, as kind of the key to the Padres' season is that you know which Blake Snell's going to show up. Yeah, yeah, and they need the good one. <laughs> they they definitely so, need the good let, one. Let, did did you finish on what you wanted to say about the Phillies before we kind of go in and look at the next round uh, of the playoffs? Um, I did. You know, yeah. let, let, let's let's be honest. The, the Phillies' offense wasn't all that outstanding during this this series as well. No, and I, I, you know, going against the Braves, and I was trying to look it up. I think they played pretty well against Atlanta. It might have been close to fifty-fifty, I, but I, I I can't find it. Um, and the Phillies, to me, they have one path. It's just one path to win this five-game series, and they got to win the first game. If they okay. win the first game, then you don't have to worry about bringing Wheeler back on four days rest. You could push him back, you know, push him out to the right, you know, figure something out for, for you know, 
pitch Bailey Falter and tell him you're pitching seven innings, dude. I don't care if you give up 30 runs. And you get it down to a three-game series where you have Wheeler and Nola at full rest and take your shot. But if they don't win that so, first wait. game, they're in trouble. Okay, so let, let's let's go back for a second. So normal rest would put Wheeler on second game, right? Wednesday's game? Well, that's, wouldn't that be four days? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. No, he pitched, he pitched Friday, right? Yeah, so you get Saturday rest, Sunday rest, Monday rest, Tuesday rest. Right. So okay. they pitch, yeah, so it's every, um, my, is my math off? Is every fifth start or something like that? Yeah, all right. Maybe, maybe my math's off. No, you're right. But it, it, it'd be nice if, because he threw a lot of pitches in that, that Cardinal game, and it's getting toward the end of the year, and if you could push him to the right just one, one day, and you, yeah, you know, you're I a little it. fresher. Yeah, then, because you need him to go seven, seven innings. You're going to need him and Nola to go those because they 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 can't get into the bullpen too early because the Braves will beat them up. Um, so what I hear you saying is is that it's just it, – it's it's a very narrow window mm-hmm. for the Phillies to win. It is. Just yeah. because of the way I, the rotation set up. I, I'd have to agree with you. You know, I guess my only saving grace with the – uh, Phillies beating the Cardinals is that I wouldn't have to slog through three games of the Cardinals just being decimated by Braves pitching as opposed to just two games of Phillies pitchers decimating them. <laughs> yeah, because they have three pitchers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it should be interesting. And I, I, I yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I, I think it's, end up, you know, it's going to be the Braves and the Dodgers and, and then they're going to hash okay. it out. I, I, I just don't see. I don't see how the Padres can beat the Dodgers because they haven't beat them. They had to beat them four times in six months, and now they're going to beat them three times in a week. I don't think so. Yeah, some uh, strange things happen. Yeah, strange I, things happen. I agree. Yeah, but I, I, you know, if I had to lay money, I'm not laying money on the Padres. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Hey, let's jump to the American League. Let's let's talk about first um, your favorite team in the American League, uh, Astros versus Seattle. Does Seattle have much of a shot here? I think the Astros pitching is way too deep. Yeah. I, I, and they can hit the ball, too. It's not like they just have pitching. And, the, okay. and then I don't know the Mariners' rotation, but I can't believe their three and four starters are that good. I, um, I think it's probably about, similar what, to the Phillies. What, what, about, um, what about the other series here? Uh, Guardians against the Yankees. Um, you, you, you haven't been a Yankees believer all season. I think the again, if if the Guardians could split in New York, then they got a shot because then they then their pitching comes back. But they chewed up a lot of arms on Saturday. Yeah. Hey, man, there was a lot of arms chewed up in that game. That's that's a really good point. I guess if you're a Yankees fan, not only did you want it to go like twenty innings, but you were hoping for a game three too. Yeah, weren't no you? kidding. Yeah, but the the Cleveland, they're not bad. They're not a bad team, and and um. I, 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 maybe it says hope rather than what I think, but I, I, I hope that the Cleveland can knock these Yankees off. I, I hope they can, but uh, it's going to be tough. It, it, you know, it's, it, I don't think it's a narrow window like the Phillies. I think they have a little wider range to make a mistake, but they need to split in New York. I mean, that, that's got to happen. They can't come back. Oh, two. It's, the playoffs, it's a 2-2-1, two, two, correct? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, somehow... Right. Just it, wanted to make sure I didn't have that you wrong. You know, if they split in New York and, and cut it down to a three-game series, basically, with the top of the rotation coming up, maybe they could squeak two wins at home and end it. I, I you know... Yeah, but it, it's it's going to be difficult. These, these wild-card uh, games really put a strain on the, on the pitching rotation. And... Um, it's but a that's big, what it's meant to. That's what it's meant to do, yeah, right? No, I, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I, I like it. It, it's gonna be. You have to have a deep rotation to come to get to the World Series mm-hmm. out of wild card, or you just need yeah. to bash the ball for a week and a half. Like, you know what uh, I mean? You're just beating uh, the shit out of the ball. I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think it was set up. I think it was set up pretty well. I, I, I really liked. Here's what I liked about it, and I'll give credit to Major League Baseball. I liked the fact that it was the wild cards round was three games as opposed to one game, and I liked that it was that um, that the higher seed got rewarded 
Not that it only worked out in one of the four cases with, with all the games. And I like the fact that it was played over a weekend first the middle of the week. Yeah, it was nice. And, and, um, I, I liked it. It cuts the travel. It gets them through this wild card round quickly and, and start up Tuesday night. That that's a great, I, I, I yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, so I, I'm wondering, I mean, let's be honest, let's not give baseball too much credit because there was a bit of serendipity involved because of the owner's lockouts. They had to compress yeah, the schedule unless they, they wanted to go on to Thanksgiving. Yeah. So they, they, they may have been a, a little bit lucky here and may have found at least a magic formula um, for the time being. Um, one other, a uh, couple other quick notes that, that I had. Uh, I love the fact that the first game right out of the shoots for the wild card series um, when the, 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 the Rays and the Guardians played, game was over in two hours and 17 minutes, yeah. or two hours and 20 minutes or something like that. That's what I love to see. And I am so hoping next year that with baseball moving to a pitch clock, that it speeds games up by 20, 30 minutes. That's my hope. Yeah, uh, I was uh, – Christy and I met uh, John and Carol at Victory Brewing to watch the game one of the Phillies, and it, it's a little tough to sit in those seats for three and a half hours. Okay, so let, let's let's explore that for a second. I am not a – if it's my team playing in a series, I don't like going out because every stupid comment I hear just makes me mad. If if I don't have a real big rooting interest, yeah, I don't I don't mind going out. But do you have that issue? I guess you don't have that issue. No, I'm okay either way. Yeah. Really? Because maybe it doesn't, okay, so. I could be one making the stupid comment that you don't like. I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely making them, but it, 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 at least I can – you know, I might not be right, but I can show you my work. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, which brings us to a Twib Note. I do have a Twib Note this week brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have. If you're having more than one, I tried a Golden Monkey this week. At Victory Brewing. No, not at Victory Brewing because we're three and a half hours. I can't drink Golden Monkey. I've seen the repercussions of that. The aftermath. Yeah. <laughs> the unintended consequences of Gold Monkey for three hours. Which, which victory did you go to, by the way? We went to the one in Downingtown. Christy and I were down that way, so we, we just called up John and Carol and said, hey, meet us for the game. And it was fun. It, it was okay. a good crowd. Um, but I, I went to the, the beer place that has 800 beers, and uh, I grabbed the Gold Monkey. Um, I, I didn't realize it was 9.5% ABV. Come on now. I, I didn't know it was that high. Yeah, um, I gotta tell you, it was average. Um, I, I, the beer aggregate has it at eighty-eight, and I felt like that's a good number for this beer. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so can, can I can I ask you something to, to challenge you because you, you had asked um, what style of beer should you try next, and Bill was the one that suggested a um, um, Belgian ale, and yeah. then I said Golden Monkey. Um, do this, do this, or maybe I can do this, is uh, I'll search on top-rated Elgin Ales and maybe have you try another one just to compare and contrast. Is that well, fair? Yeah, so, okay, I have another. I have a Belgian Ale queued up. I had one previously uh, I reviewed on here, and I really didn't like it, but Bill had texted me. Uh, I have to look in my notebook. I can't, I can't remember. I, Jamie, I've tried so many beers this summer. I <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It's a wonderful experience, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, but Bill had told me, like, hey, you got to get a good one. Um, so I, I have one queued up, and I have a Scottish ale queued up. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a look because based upon this beer place that you're talking about, I'm going to recommend uh, a Belgian beer from, from actually from Belgium that's uh, okay. top rated and, and have you uh, compare that. All Excellent. Right. Well done. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. this this was a, this was a championship beer year for you. It was. I mean, let's let's yeah. you know, uh, empty beer bottles clank forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, okay. I don't think we have any podcast corrections or follow up from last last week, or we don't care. One of the no. Other. Well, I did. I did make a mistake. I, I, I and I said, but, but it doesn't matter. It was small, and it was just a. a a slip of the tongue so yeah, let's we'll press on here okay um 
what are you walking off with? All right, I got a couple things here, um, and these are more just announcements. Um, Bob Freeze, I guess, gets uh, um, he gets a little bit anxious, so he did put out, and uh, this is much to the chagrin of the rest of the Bush League, he did put out uh, the Golden Monkey standings for September, yeah. and they're, they are now out on the website. Um, another great article by, by Bob. Um, he's really embraced this Golden Monkey Award. Um, a note to everybody that uh, I believe that the standings will continue until the championship party. So, so be on your uh, mind your P's and Q's, if you will. Um, but go out to the website, take a look at that. Um, a PSA for the championship party: If everybody could get back to to Bill, um, those of you that haven't responded in terms of the championship dates, um, I unfortunately will not be around the dates that were discussed. But um, you know it. I would just drag things down anyway. So um, move forward there. And then um, along the same lines, um, it's an early call to action. I'm looking for somebody to either find a draft site for 2023 or plan or host or whatever they they may do. Um, looking for volunteers to, to do that. And uh, I think I want to echo Rick's sentiments in, in terms of I was really impressed at how everybody played through um, this year, um, trying to fight for each each spot, and uh, that's what makes the, uh, the the season and the league fun. And uh, uh, good job by everybody, um, much appreciated. Um, hey, what are you walking off with, Chief? Well, real quick, I just had a follow up question. I, you know, I, I read Bob's article on our website. What does he mean about? Uh, he said, I, I lost a point for overexposure. What, what does that mean? Um, maybe. All right. So uh, Bob is um, uh, he's, he's an avid listener. Yes. Bob, if you could let us know what that means, because I, I don't know if I was. I, I know what it means. Sure. Yeah. As well. OK. Uh, what I think I, it means uh, is that we're on here talking constantly and we have exposure to to gain monkey points at, every week while others. don't. Oh, Okay, so I so appreciate he's deducting that. a point for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, okay. So, so, so that remember, I, I had asked for journalistic immunity, so right. that falls along the same lines. Okay. Yeah. Much so, appreciated, Bob. Yeah, I appreciate that. So it's uh, so this these grades are weighted. It's a weighted grading system, which is okay. fine with me. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a, I, I just figured it out as I read it. All right. Uh, this is what I'm walking. What are you off walking with? off with? Yeah, so I watched the MLB channel yesterday, and I watched a little bit today. I understand about the Cardinal retirees, the Wainwright. The, you know, they set the record with Molina. Molina's retiring. Maybe the best defensive catcher of all time, depending on how you feel about Johnny Bench. But I, I think Molina's right there, if not higher. Um, and then the pool host thing. And they had, they constantly talked about it during the two games. Could this be his last at back? Could that be his last hit? You know, they showed him at the end of the game. They're, you know, they're, they're hugging each other. Blah blah. blah. I, I get all that. And I, you know, we talked about Pujols passing Babe Ruth on, on a, you know, with the RBIs and get seven hundred. But I, I, okay, we're done with this now. If the season's over, I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to hear about Wainwright tying the breaking the record for Molina. Baseball doesn't exist for Cardinals to celebrate themselves. Well, I, I think we just was, need to move did, on now. Did, 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 did I not? Did I not caution you uh, about listening to the game on ABC or ESPN? You did, and I, uh, I refused. I, I refused heed. to do it, and I, I struggled because of, I, I tried to sync sync up the Cardinals broadcast, radio broadcast, to the TV. And it was so hard to do because you would think that once you get it synced, it yeah, stays in sync, it and it doesn't. No, I know. But I, I, I refuse. So I don't know what A. Rod said, and I'm not a Michael K. fan. I mean, he's a Yankees broadcaster. So yeah. um, I, I hope for your sake that they don't have A. Rod on. The, I don't know who's hosting the next. I'm not sure if it's on if it's on Fox or. You know, who knows, Bravo TV or where the hell the game's going to be shown. But I, I hope you don't have to listen to them. It, it, but I warned you. You did. Now, see, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this line, and you tell me where it's from. I, I should have okay. taken heed. I should have heeded. I should have headed your advice. 
Do you remember that? Is that a is that a Michael Scottism? Man, it was. <laughs> it was when Dwight was in front of the bosses after he set the fire alarm drill, and he said, "If the if they would have heeded my advice, take head it of." <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah, since, since we're on that now, one of my favorite Michael Scottisms is when he says, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, brother. All right. Uh, so Bill- and, and on that note, tell us, tell us when we're, next, we're going to be back on again. Yeah, so we are back on Monday, October 31st at 9 a.m. We're going to talk about Major League Baseball awards, both uh, AL and NL. Uh, we'll talk about the playoffs that will be headed to the World Series at that point, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. And and um, just a little bit of spoiler alert, uh, I'm going to rant on why Halloween is the worst holiday ever. Oh, okay. Because right. it's going to be on Halloween, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, okay. And I have some surprises there, so. Okay. Well, we look forward to that. Uh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we go to once a month. We'll be at... Uh, Late November and then late December. Perfect. Oh yeah. All right. We'll 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 talk about that December one. All right. Happy yeah. Indigenous People Day, Chief. Okay. I'll see you. <laughs>